All right, hello, this is uh, Eric Brooks. You might know me from the Poetry Against the World on my Substack or from Twitter or maybe even from real life. Um, I just saw on Substack they made this uh, sort of a, a beta version of podcast hosting. I thought I'd just test it out, maybe just do a little interview with a few interesting people I meet and you know, see maybe it'll be a good time here. So I got my, my friend Joshua Lindbergh here from Mystic Shorts. Um, he's made, I don't know how long he'll tell us that, but he's made number of short YouTube videos for a few years. And I thought I'd have him on specifically. I know he was just uh, baptized into some sort of Christian church. And I know that sort of changed a lot of his views on, or probably is in the process of changing a lot of his views on, you know, on art and production and the meaning of making things. And I thought that'd be maybe a little bit of an, an interesting uh, conversation to have. So I'll give it over to you if you maybe just want to give uh, a little bit of introduction to who you are and how you, how you got interested in filmmaking. Okay, yes. Um, and thank you. This is cool. It's nice to just hang out and talk. Uh, my name is Joshua, like you said. And yeah, I, uh, I would say about a decade ago, I started to, be, to become interested in, in art. Well, I've always been interested in art, but formally approaching making art, like uh, just putting stuff out there. Um, and music didn't work. And poetry didn't work. And uh, that's when I went for uh, film, because film was probably the thing that uh, made the biggest uh, change for me personally, um, particular films anyway. So yeah, about seven, now eight years almost, I made my first short film and I've made about 20 or so short films ever since. Um, probably about 15 of those are available to watch. Oop, about five of them are too embarrassing for anybody to ever see. Got, sure. this, got this camera here. I don't know how to manage, but yeah. Um, and I've just been honing that and trying to find my own voice. And about two years ago, I feel like I started to. And yeah, like you said, uh, that's that's hap that change is happening again, where where you have to sort sort of shift your gears when you um, become privy to new information. Sorry, I'm shooting a child away here. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I, I know for me, when I, you know, I converted um, to Catholicism after being kind of interested in sort of Western occultism mm -hmm. and Eastern religions. And um, then for two years, I was just sort of a Platonist without any religious affiliation. I think when I, when I converted, I, I've been writing my whole life since, you know, really since fourth grade, more or less, you know, it was just always something I knew I wanted to do. But I took probably six years off where I barely wrote it all just because I, it took that amount of time for me to sort of figure out like, you know, I, I knew I wanted to create different things, not only different things, but also create them in a different way, like both mm -hmm. formally and also in terms of the content. Um, what, well, let me step back a little bit. What was it about film specifically that, you know, made that click for you? Um, film, Film, you grow up, you know, in a in a public school. <laughs> You're gonna watch a bunch of movies, and a lot of uh, a lot of them were entertaining. Some of them were pretty edgy. I probably would have been better if I hadn't seen them. Uh, <laughs> to this day, I might still be. But um, I think out of high school, when I started to sort of explore different film, specifically. Um, psychedelic film and experimental film, which is like, I'm a good Googler. So I was able to find some good stuff. And uh, I was, I, I started to see 
um, in experimental film, you know, what films for filmmakers are, which are usually about, you know, the, the craft itself, the sort of expressing um, an experience or an idea. And that sort of foray into that coincided with my own um, beginnings to, you could say, spiritual uh, life, which was with Eastern stuff, like, like you'd mentioned. Um, and it's very similar with the old uh, transmission of ideas. And that is kind of where I hyper-focused what I'm doing with video to try to, you know, transmit a particular experience to, to the audience, which I think a very select few movies that I was able to find had done for me, where you see things moving at a certain pace, or you see things from certain perspectives, or um, just the way the camera can show different things, like being very far away can make things seem very small, and moving very close to things can make things feel very, um, as someone was making fun of me recently, very grounded. <laughs> um, yeah, and uh, just playing with those ideas and, and um, just that approach to video is kind of like why and how I started getting in, into it personally in a creative way. Uh, it's, it's interesting, you know, because I've watched not all, not all of what you have on YouTube, but, you know, a handful of them. Mm -hmm. No, I was thinking it's, you know, I, I watch fairly, very little films, very little TV or movies or anything. And it's, uh, I, I think because for me, I, as a, you know, mostly writing and reading a lot, I'm so used to sort of just working in language. It's sort of mm -hmm. hard for me to approach it at first. You know, so as I was watching a few of them, I was thinking like, well, there's probably a lot here that, you know, I don't really pick up on at all because it's, you know, most of them have either no dialogue or very little. Um, mm -hmm. There's not, they have a narrative element, but not in like a, sort of standard Hollywood movie way, obviously. Mm -hmm. um, but just the the way it's putting an idea out there is so different than what I'm what I'm used to is I guess that's sort of part of why I was part of why I was interested in it because it, you know at first it's sort of like, oh well what is this? It's you know maybe someone's like bearing a tarot card and then climbing out of a pit or something, you know. So, <laughs> uh, but I might have been combining two of them together that in that let me write that down. That's good. Uh, right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but you know, you're seeing these sort of odd things. It's hard to put them together. But it's very different from just sort of the um, the sort of word centric, you know, way I'm mm -hmm. or way I'm used to sort of working in art. Um, mm -hmm. So how did uh, well, did you I, did you see that medium, I guess, or that particular way of approaching film as opposed to a more you know scripted mm -hmm. standard narrative approach? as specifically connected to the sort of uh, spiritual mm -hmm. traditions you were learning about? Um, yeah, so first I could just briefly say that, you know, I usually write a bunch of words mm -hmm. <laughs> and then I take them out. Yep. <laughs> there's, there's actually a few cuts to some of the videos that have like poetry behind them. And there's a script I've, I've been working on that does have like a classical poetry sort of uh, dialogue, uh, sort of like, a Faust kind of vibe or something like that. Um, but uh, actually that side note made me get lost. Oh, you were saying why I didn't sort of approach it in the traditional storytelling sort of way. And I think 
that that would probably be because that never interested me. <laughs> it never really interested me to do that. Um, I think you know the most flowery way I could put why I, I started doing things the way I do them is to sort of pay it forward, so to speak, because um, it film and music and you know a lot of the books I've read have done so much for me and try to to try to put all of that together um, into one thing and to try to approach video in that way. I could take all the weird tricks I've seen from a few uh, directors and try to do that in a very compact way and try to try to do that um, what I would say more effectively, but um, I'm still pretty new at this, all things considered, so I don't want to sound too big for my britches. It's just that I have a very specific, um, I've had a very specific like goal in mind doing this. If that makes sense. Sure. Um, yeah, well, I, I guess I was wondering in terms of the formal elements, you know, at least Eastern religions, at least as they're marketed in the West, I don't know that I think it's actually accurate, but at least as they're marketed in the West as a product, there's often, you know, an emphasis on, oh, this is directly immersive, it's an experience, mm -hmm. as opposed to an idea. I was wondering, maybe that oh, yeah. possibly probably influenced some of how you saw what the film was, that it was supposed to be maybe more creating an mm -hmm. immersive experience, or something that you that you uh, think about yes so i yeah that that's um that's so true um i think the uh like the zen tradition where instead of explaining things you'll have people yelling at each other or cutting cats in half or slapping right. each other to you know teach them something um and then right, so that's something i i think a lot about is that the, the formal elements of a work of art whatever medium it is have some relation to the idea it's not just sort of an empty box that you put the ideas in but the, you know, right. the, the shape of the box itself is part of the part of the message. Right. Yeah, those those formal ideas and right. other traditions too have similar things going. Like, you know, Diogenes would use sort of similar teaching methods and you know, certain allegories like you know, Plato's cave, so on, or very when you when you have such potent symbolism, it inspires you to use that sort of um, methodology as well. So yeah, and then so I guess let's move on to the, the next question here. What's now? Now you're in what sort of a church are you in now? Oh, um, Southern Baptist. Southern Baptist. Okay. Which I wouldn't have thought I'd be, but, but in the that's north, where I am. Yes, a northern Southern Baptist. Right. <laughs> There's not many. <laughs> so how is that? Were you were you raised in something like that, or that's completely new to you? It's new to me. Yeah. So I, I grew up. Um, with not much more than like my mom trying to read a kid's Bible stories to me. And that just fizzled out in, into my like late, my early adulthood, I guess you could say, um, when I started to read everything but the Bible, <laughs> you know? Yeah, that is something I noticed, you know, when I was in sort of more, as you say, esoteric circles broadly that, you know, there's a they're interested in everything except orthodox christianity it can be mm -hmm. you know islamic texts it can be you know mm -hmm. it can be sort of like weird it could be pico mirandola and sort of weird sort of uh renaissance humanist sort of versions of christianity but it could be anything other than orthodox christian texts is the one thing that's sort of out of their right. range of view yeah i've always said like you know that people that are going through that have a mindset of just 
to anything but Christ. And I made up another term, which is, you know, something I did, which they made a Frank in Christ. And that's such a horrible thing to say, but you piece all sure. these things together to try to make this bootleg Christianity because it's just, we're wired for, for, you know, the light, I guess you could say. I see someone I trying to make a cameo. That's awesome. Yeah, it's a different, <laughs> a different child from before. All right. Um, well, how did, uh, I guess we could get away from the film, then we'll come back to that. How did you get into, mm -hmm. how did you end up coming to Christianity then? As I, I mean, most people, I think it's a more common story in the United States. They say, oh, I was raised Christian, mm -hmm. but then, you know, I realized that like, you know, having a crazy wall full of symbols and worshiping the devil is so cool or something, you know, or whatever. Yeah. It's, the, it's the opposite story. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, I never, it was never, you know, obvious occult for me, yeah. though they're, they're, you know, you, you dip your toes into things like tarot and stuff. I could talk about that a little bit. But um, yeah, I think I think the main things I, I ever sort of got into to form my Franken-Christ were like Taoism, Stoicism, um, Buddhism, um, mostly Zen, though I've read a lot of the older, you know, sutras, um, the Buddhist sutras. But yeah, I think those four things for like maybe five years were what I sort of combined into my own, um, my own Reddit tier uh, philosophy, which is, I think a lot of people do, which I think puts me in a unique position for, uh, for like ministry. But, um, yeah, I, I was into all of that. And I even went to like meditation retreats a couple times, um, which were pretty cool. Uh, nice experience. I don't regret it necessarily. Um, I think what got me into um, Christianity was, was like art and um, that would be like Orthodox Christian art and Catholic art. And um, primarily, as far as the text is concerned, I got really into like the Desert Fathers for a little bit. I thought those guys were really cool. Um, and they are, you know, there's, they, um, they're good examples of like piety and stuff and devotion. But um, yeah, sort of that and the, um, I learned through pictures, through um, Orthodox art. I remember that in my state, there's a um, Russian icon museum. So I went there and that's kind of where that, I started to understand things more, but what drove me most of all, besides all the art to Christianity was the, um, I think people planting seeds here and there, having conversations with me, but mostly um, just like the uh, super abundance of obvious evil in the world um, and obvious, obvious occult sort of practices, um, but just seeing, I think um, one of the best, it's one of the most compelling things. Another person in my church said the same thing that, you know, evil, like Pizzagate, that kind of stuff got them very into, got them into the Bible. Um, but just seeing like the, the videos that you'll see any given day, like uh, that channel on YouTube, I Hypocrite, I used to watch that. I can't even watch it anymore. Like 
it's so upsetting, but they'd compile just all like the, the insanity of modern life and just the sort of things people out, out in the world are doing to each other. So yeah, evil sort of led me to, you know, take a good look in the mirror about, you know, my own sin, my own potential for sin. And it really convicted me. So I actually started reading the Bible um, and going to a church. My, um, my wife, she grew up Christian. So here I am coming in with all this crazy Easter stuff. She's go, she grew up Christian. Um, but her church growing up was like a um, congregational church, which is actually theologically pretty liberal. So, you know, my like weird conservatism and her Christianity, like we'd go to that church and, and so many things rubbed us the wrong way. Like um, they never talked about anything but Jesus specifically. And when they did, it was very, it was, there was nothing, there was nothing mystical about it. There's nothing, you know, we never talked about the deity of Christ. It was always just this weird liberal um, approach to it where it was like, oh, everybody pulled out their loaves and shared with each other. Like it was really sure. weird. And when we actually read the Bible, it's like, how do you even like, how do you con conclude that? <laughs> That's just dishonest. So we um, spent probably a year or two um, just getting to the bottom of all the different denominations. Um, and we wound up where we wound up. Yeah, there's interesting. I think yeah, you're a little younger than me, but I think we're basically the same generation. It seems like mm -hmm. there's definitely a movement back towards more conservative churches with people sort of our age and younger. Um, I don't really think with people the generation above us that are maybe in their 40s and 50s now, I haven't seen it so much, but it seems like people in their 30s and younger, there's definitely a movement back towards more traditional theology. Mm -hmm. um, even, you know, certainly in my world, the Catholic world, there's, you know, if you go to a traditional mass where you're also, you know, going to have um, much more orthodox theology and much more rigid moral teaching, that's where you find all the young families with children. Right. Yeah. Um, in my church is mostly uh, older people. <laughs> it's a very small church. They're, I think we've put some wind in their sails to, to grow and, and to actually reach out to younger generations, like all denominations, you know, the, um, the amount of people actually going to church has, has decreased quite a bit. But yeah, Gen, uh, Gen Z, which I'm not and you're not, it's pretty interesting. I'm reading a book about them right now and, uh, you know, how to like evangelize to them because it, they're even more postmodern than us. You know, you see it on Twitter, you know. So when people do get convicted about Christianity, like you said, it is, it's all in usually. Unless, right. I, I think that's, you know, for me, yeah. uh, growing up in a, a liberal Lutheran church, it was sort of like, what's the point of going to this at all if I'm not you know I don't believe in it <laughs> you know it's sort of like it's real or it's not it's not sort of like if there's 
if it's just going to tell me to be nice, you know, the public school teacher can tell me to be nice to my friend or something. I don't need, <laughs> I don't need to go to a church for that. Um, yep. Yeah. Yep. And that's why people don't go to church. Right. Or if the church is just going to sort of say like, oh, we need to be so concerned with global warming or whatever mm -hmm. this or that, you know, whatever you think about those things, I already have liberal think tanks that can tell me to care about those things. I don't need a church to do it. You know, if that's all the church is going to do, then I don't need it. Right. If it's not right. going to tell me the, the message of salvation. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, so let, let's tie that all together then. So you've, uh, you sort of come into this, you've sort of said, well, you know, the world is run <laughs> over with literal demons now. Right. You know, there's, you know, masses of young women being possessed by the devil on TikTok or whatever. And, uh, you know, you see that only the power of Christ can set them free. But, you know, you've also been spending, you know, six or eight years making movies full of sort of non-Christian symbolism. So how do, how do you reflect back on that? Are you, you know, to what extent are you disowning your own, your, you know, previous creations? To what extent are you building mm -hmm. on it? Or how does it change your perspective on that? Yeah, uh, that's, that I could say a lot about that because um, it's, you know, it weighs on my mind. I'm always thinking about it. So, you know, for, just tie me out if I say too much or um, <laughs> talk too much, I should say. But uh, yeah, I, I first would say I'm not, I'm not going to anytime soon delete or disown what I've done because I do believe our past is, is, is um is nice it's nice to see the path that you've taken that got you to where you are you know even how god would pull you to that right i would say my image to coming to christ is you know him calling me and me just going i'm going to take this crazy side route you know what i mean um so i'm not going to necessarily disown any of that but yeah my approach is going to likely change based on you know, different things I, uh, uh, I'm convicted about. Um, so how that could change is interesting. And I'm, I'm still working it out because I, for one, I don't want to use, like you mentioned, um, other religious iconography. Um, I think and I think this is another, I think an interesting sort of side note is I think when you're dealing with religious iconography, it's, it's really easy to treat the um, figures um, and the ideas like from these other traditions, almost like action figures or something like that. Like, cause you're not all in, even if you feel like you are, cause I really believed that I was with some of these uh, traditions like your heart, I don't know, it, it doesn't, doesn't grab the heart and change you the same way as, um, as Christianity does. That's just speaking from experience. So I, I don't want to like necessarily do that anymore. And I think I haven't, I have been moving away from that. Um, my last video was, is complete, that makes that seem completely untrue because I did use, you know, little idols of Buddha and Lao Tzu and all that in it, but that was to tell my story um, over this. So it was my, and that was a video that's sort of a re, um, a reimagining of, of my, one of my first videos on YouTube. So um, yeah, I don't wanna play with stuff like that anymore um, necessarily, but um, I do still think that 
Um, I have little to no interest in telling traditional stories. And when people do that with Christianity, um, that's when you do start to see some pretty liberal things happening with, with like, um, where you add to scripture, which, you know, scripture says many times not to do. Like, um, I've watched it, that show The Chosen that's running right now. It's entertaining. Okay, it. It's entertaining what it does, right? It's, it's, it's interesting, but much of it is, is uh, you know, just putting words in everybody's mouths. And, and um, you know, I don't, I don't necessarily want to do that. And I don't see me making the best Bible movie of all time or anything like that. Right. So, <laughs> so it's, I don't think I'm going to do that. And I do, I don't necessarily want to make pop uh, Christian content, like, you know, the standard evangelical stuff where it's about right, where you have all the, the firefighter who saves the kid and then the whole town has a meeting where they pray or something. I haven't, I haven't seen those, but I just see the previews for them. They look terrible. Yeah. <laughs> they usually are. There are some decent ones. Um, if you're looking to actually just be entertained for a night or something. Um, that would just look like if you're really invested in that world mm -hmm. and you're not allowed to see any other movies, then they're probably good. But you know, if you're not, mm -hmm. then they don't have a lot of, they don't strike me as having a lot of artistic merit, but once again, yeah. I'm not a film committed. I haven't seen them, uh, but yeah. they don't, they don't detract me. Yeah. But uh, yeah. So I don't necessarily see me doing that. I'm just not drawn to it. So, you know, what I could do from here is there's many different choices one could make, but. Um, well, since you're interested in symbolism, here's a question mm -hmm. because yeah. I mean, when I was just looking at, you have to excuse me, I know literature is more of what I know, but just looking mm -hmm. in, um, you know, a lot of 20th century Christian literature, if you look at, mm -hmm. you know, C.S. Lewis or T.S. Eliot, just to name like mm -hmm. big names, you know, they both made some, you know, I think excellent Christian literature that have very profound theology in them, but there's also, mm -hmm. you know, it's very disguised. Like most of the time there's, you know, there's a few places in four quartets where it's obvious there's maybe if you're uh, at all astute, there's never places in Narnia, of course, where it's obvious, but it's still not, you know, mm -hmm. you don't have, um, you don't have like a direct Christian symbol mm -hmm. like you might have in a, you know, a work of medieval literature or something. Right. Uh, and I, I think there's a, there's a big debate and I think all the arts about to what extent Christians should be making, you know, directly, overtly Christian art versus something that sort of brings in a Christian message without using, you know, our own symbolism. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you have a thought on that. Yeah, um, I do believe that uh, you um, you can't preach the gospel without words. I don't I don't think that's possible, right? So I couldn't do an interpretive dance right now and <laughs> tell you the gospel. So I do think words and symbols are very the, the best ways to communicate. So um, I I don't necessarily think you know symbols are trash symbols are in the bible so um that's that's not uh, that's not going anywhere for me oh, no, i think if you you know if you've read probably you've encountered stories like this in the desert fathers mm -hmm. but the mm -hmm. you know it's very common when you read stories of early saints and martyrs that the sign of the cross itself mm -hmm. you know almost has a power of you know casting out demons or bringing people to repentance just the image of the cross itself mm -hmm. um, so it seems like we shouldn't be 
afraid of using that directly. You know, of course, we don't want to use it, you know, irreverently either mm-hmm. um, for the same reason that it's, you know, not just a right. sign, but it's something that we should treat as having, you know, a certain power to it. Right. Yeah. And yeah, there's other things too, like, you know, the, um, the, uh, what is the bronze serpent in, in Exodus, uh, all these different symbols that are really quite potent in the Ark of the Covenant and all the burning bush, the list goes on. So, but obviously that would have to be reverently and, and I wouldn't want to take, you know, any, any liberties, but you could always, you know, pay homage to certain things in a, in a, in a, like you, I guess, reverence the best way, in a reverent way, um, and in a mature way. So it's about handling things, not like they're toys, for one, like I'd said before. But um, yeah, so I'm not, I wouldn't say I'd, I would throw any or all of that out. In fact, um, my way of doing, of uh, working with this, because all art is expressive, even if you're someone who, has read the Stoics and you don't want to be all expressive all the time. You know, all art is expressive. Um, and I can probably pretty um, gracefully express and work through these, these thoughts, these maybe contradictory or, or confusing thoughts um, through prayer and through my, my videos. Like you could, you know, bring in a golden calf and make something about idolatry, for example. <laughs> like, um, God knows our hearts, so he would know that I'm not literally worshiping a golden calf in that video. Um, he's incredibly intelligent, <laughs> supremely intelligent. So yeah, that's something I've been kind of kicking around. There's, there's, And then from there, who knows what will happen next? I, I think even looking back at my, my work, I've always tried to just um, do something different. Um, some of them seem pretty similar because I always use similar motifs, but, um, there is always development and things change slowly, but surely if, if suddenly. Sure. I mean, in terms of, you know, the brazen serpent, you know, there's a symbol like that. There's so much to it. There's obviously, you know, there's a direct relation to the cross. Um, mm-hmm. there's, you know, but you can also relate it to, you know, the serpent that's being stepped on in the proto-evangelium in the beginning mm-hmm. of Genesis. You could relate it to so many different things. Right. I when you when you tell that in just a sort of a narrative way, like you just have, if you were just making a biblical epic, you just sort of see mm-hmm. it. This happens, and that's that. You know, it's always possible that I think you know your sort of indirect sort of or messy sort of narrative. I don't know how the right words to <laughs> do it exactly, but um, you know that could actually draw out the power of these things as symbols rather than as elements mm-hmm. in the story. So it, yeah, I think it's maybe important to, I think a lot of people grew up just hearing Bible stories, but not understanding that, you know, every single thing you see in the Bible is usually echoed in four or five different places throughout sacred history. Mm-hmm. I mean, early in our lives today in a way where it's not just sort of like, Oh, this happened one time and wasn't that interesting. And it had a meaning right. for, had a meaning for this, like, you know, 6,000 Israelites in the desert, but you know, not necessarily for us. Um, yeah, I'll be, I'll be curious to see where, where you end up going with that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm very positive about all that. And, um, I'm not necessarily worried. I just, um, I think I had to slow down. I think when I started to get into certain texts, I got, I had so much energy to kind of put one thing out after the other 
But um, I had to slow down um, as I got as I got deeper into the Bible, and I went, okay, I have to just proceed more cautiously. So maybe things will just move more slowly. But maybe once I find find re when I realign with with my my voice, um, that things will pick up again. So I'm not super concerned. It all right. it it all seems to work out in the end, and. Really, if I was ever convicted to like not make videos, I would just stop. Sure. You know, I, I have no problem contradicting myself and I have no problem just like, you know, if if you have a religious conviction, that's awesome. You know what I mean? Like, right. <laughs> that's something that I've I've uh, taken to prayer any number of times. It's, it's sort of a strange thing. I, I knew basically since I was in fourth grade, I was just like, I want to be a poet. And there's no no way of accounting for that and it's been like a almost a certainty with me you know longer than anything else has been a certainty with me mm-hmm. but you know certainly you know i've been in a christian church you know the past 13 years and any number of times i've sort of said like you know god if this is a stupid dream then give me a sign it's a stupid dream i don't have to do this you know mm-hmm. uh, yeah. you have to you have to have that detachment even from you know whatever you think is the most important in your life you have to have a certain detachment from it willing a willingness to give it up exactly sure. and the that being on the cusp of that is like where like the most you know mystic fruits come out of because even in the zen tradition like you know you don't really say much about their tradition but you do want to talk about it and just that cusp of like falling into like the void of just like you know being um pious in in christianity is, is just like just as um just as there and just as exciting because, you know, even in the Bible, like, you know, Paul, for example, or, you know, Matthew, the tax collector, they just, you know, they just dropped everything to, to follow. So, you know, if I did that, that would be for the right reasons, but I don't see me doing that because I, I do think like you have with poetry, I think my videos can be, you know, a very unique uh, ministry for people who maybe view things in this same a similar uh, bizarre way, whether it's you know they are interested in film or they have you know a, a vaguely Eastern background or Greco-Roman philosophy, you know that's sort of the people that it would speak to. So it's it it it's really um, opportune and exciting that i've never seen um a video do something like my last video did where it talks about you know greek philosophers or eastern philosophers saying things that sound so um vaguely uh, <laughs> like they're talking about um the the word you know that that john talks about um so it's kind of i don't know I, there's lots of things I can do, so there's no real limit to sure. to what you can express. It's just a matter of making sure you don't express things that you you get sick of, or that you would regret, or that um, are untrue or blasphemous. Right. Yeah, and that's. Uh, I mean, you you probably are familiar that a lot of the the early fathers discussing philosophy would call that seeds of the word, mm-hmm. or use similar phrases. Or, you know, Justin Martyr famously calls Socrates a Christian before Christ. But, yep. you know, sometimes those quotations are just taken out of context to be like, oh, mm-hmm. look, we're all about the same. You know, St. Right. Augustine has a very interesting image 
in his book against the academics or sometimes translated against the Platonists, mm-hmm. where he talks about the philosophers as having been on a mountain on, on top of an island where they've ascended to this very high peak where from the top they can see uh, over you know a great a great lake or some other body of water to a blessed land on the far shore, but they have no way of getting there. Mm-hmm. You know, whereas Christianity is like the boat, so you can actually go there instead of just sort of getting a glimpse of it where you die on an island. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, so, yeah. So that, awesome. that sort of gives you a, a good idea of, you know, the, the ancient Christian idea of the value of philosophy that does give you a vision of something real that you should, mm-hmm. you know, want, but it can't get you there. Yes, um, exactly. And like the Tao is just the way. And the logos in Stoicism is like reason. And to the way would be like harmony and reason is like logic, right? So those would be the one in their traditions, but that's putting, you know, God into a box and their just conception of their one is just so different than, than of God anyway. So, you know, the Christian God is so much more like in, in that, that allegory, it's like, it's like light and, and the truth in the way. So um, right, well, it's, it's very archaic. It's knowledge through it's knowledge through the mirror of nature rather than the direct knowledge that comes from friendship with God, which is mm-hmm. something that God has to initiate with us in a covenant. Right. It's not right. something we we can't we can't soar to the heavens to start a friendship with God. You right. know, so that's I think about it. I, I think yeah. maybe it's, we can wrap it up there. I'll just say um I'll be excited to see where where your films go from here, particularly to what extent they continue to look like they did before, mm-hmm. just incorporate different symbols versus to what extent they really start to change in their whole arrangement. I think will be interesting to see. So I'll, you know, I'll keep watching and maybe we'll, uh, maybe in a year or something, if you made something very different, we'll, we'll have another chat. Yeah. I'd love that. This has been cool. And, uh, yeah, thank you for uh, talking with me. This has been nice. Yeah, thanks. I, I know it took a while for us to actually schedule. I'm glad we found a time to do this, though. Uh, thanks for coming on, and you have a good night. You too, man. See you. All right.